0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellino. I'm happy to be here for another week talking some New Hampshire high school football with you. And once again alongside me is Mike Lockman, a longtime football coach in the state of New Hampshire, most recently as the head coach at Sowhegan. Mike, greetings. Good to be back. Uh, yeah, good to have another, uh, another week of the season under our belts. And yes, it is. Get ready for another one. Week five already. Hard to, hard to believe. It always goes this fast. Uh, before we get started, though, I want to remind everyone we'll be recording the show this season on Tuesdays at 6 at Riverside Barbecue in Nashua. You can be a part of the show by emailing us at nhhighschoolsports@gmail.com, at gmail.com, or you can come on down and listen to us live. Uh, the show will be available every Wednesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes another uh you know after after two weeks of some kind of lopsided games uh we got another great week of football to talk about from last weekend uh just yeah you know some some crazy things i think happening some you know results that maybe we wouldn't have thought of two weeks ago and Uh,
1: you know i think one of the things that's great about mid-season besides the cliche of now everybody's playing at mid-season form which really is true right teams are in rhythms they found their identity um, you know the kids kind of are comfortable with their roles if, if they have new or different roles or if they've come up from JV to varsity but besides that it now you really get to see who's starting to solidify themselves as as contenders right depending on who they've played and things And I think particularly in D1 we saw some we saw some people start to solidify right. their position yeah. given the wins that they had this week
0: yeah I mean you look at um obviously a big win over Exeter uh, and and really um, you know, if you're not a believer in them at this point, I, I got to wonder what uh, <laughs> what have you been watching? You know, they've been a, uh, had two back-to-back great wins there and, and kind of probably their toughest stretch of the season here going to, mm. you know, home game against Bedford on the road at Exeter, which is always a big game, yep. you know, because of the rivalry, and then another home game this week against Goffstown. Which is another Red and Hot team. Another, yeah, another yep. hot team. Uh, both of them 4-0, of and Goffstown coming into this week which is actually a Saturday noon or excuse me 2 p.m. kickoff yep. uh, which I discovered this morning was not would had to go rearrange my uh, my schedule for the yeah. weekend um, but should be a, a fantastic one out in Hampton and then you have Bedford and Exeter Saturday night in a game that almost is a must win for Exeter I think I mean as of right now you know they're on the outside looking in uh at two and two central's yeah. uh, you know a game ahead of them at three and one they do hold the tiebreaker against central from that win in week one but yep. you know you don't want to take a sure. chance and, and
1: need s- another team to lose at this point in the season yeah yeah i mean it's uh, the win a stretch here has been a lot of fun um they basically beat last year's Champion and right. runner-up right. back to back. Right. Both teams, which I, I still think are extremely good teams, right? Yeah. Certainly, there's no arguing that with Bedford, and I think I, th- I still think Exeter is a top-tier team. Um, so, th- what's that say about Winnet? I guess what you hope is that, given the challenge they have this week against a very good Gosstown team, and and I think just that fact will probably negate what I'm about to say. But what you hope is that um, Coach Afant has has taken his teams. Um, sort of excitement and 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 uh, how they <laughs> feel about themselves, and tempered Tem- that yeah. a little bit, and yeah. sort of that Bill Belichick sort of hey, one at a time way, because I mean when you look at it, there is no reason that they can't run it. Yeah. Uh, at this point, given the performance they've had against high quality teams, now yeah. uh, again, three in a row here with a, a, a very very good, um, Goffstown team should should be one of the games of the week in Division One, but. Yeah um exciting it, stuff it's um yeah I, i'm i'm it's going
0: to be an interesting one to, to see i really want to see how you know really i think this is a game where you look at, at the defenses first um you know when i kind of the last two weeks has held in bedford and exeter to a total of, of 15 points yeah unthinkable uh, in back-to-back almost. weeks and then you, and you look at Goffstown who you know held exeter to seven last week held portsmouth to i believe 14 um and Portsmouth is a team that can can get up and down the field and score. Yeah. Um, so really, I think you know this. You think of Goffstown putting up a lot of points. You think of Winnetka as a team that can score uh, when it needs to. Uh, I, this could be a, a pretty low-scoring, you know, game in the teens. I think maybe.
1: Yeah, it could be. You know, I at first I was going to say, geez, you know, maybe you give Winnetka the, the advantage defensively over Goffstown, given how well Winnakunnett played against a similar style offense, Bedford. Both spread teams go a lot right. of four wide gun. But, you know, the more the more I understand about what how Goffstown is this year, I think they can throw the ball, but they're a much more of a run oriented team yeah. um, yep. than than Bedford was, right? Bedford is, is is sort of a very balanced, they can get the ball out to receivers, but they can run the ball fairly well too. But you know, Winnakunnett did a pretty good job against Bedford's run game. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know I, I i can't make a prediction there it'll be interesting <laughs> and, and and then again we talked about this a couple of weeks ago goffstown's defense played very disciplined against that exeter running attack that we've talked about right where it, it's a it's a three yards and a cloud of dust if you're not doing everything extremely well you're going to give them exactly what they want well you know when a cunnet runs a contrarian offense for for new hampshire right yeah. that sort of split back veer option thing that those kids have been steeped in for years, uh, even prior to Coach Affont. They, they've been a triple option team for as long as I can remember. Um, so they're good at that, and, and it takes a different kind of defensive mentality to dig in and defend that. So that's it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, and I, I will
0: say they run that. This year they're running that offense really well. There was a, there were not a lot of um, mistakes uh, from Winnikunit's offense. You know, it's not really – I mean, they did have a long touchdown run, long touchdown pass. Yeah. Um but you know, I think a lot of times they were content with just lining up and, and going right at Exeter and picking up a couple yards here and there. Yeah. Uh y- you know, and, and, and really just kind of controlling possession. And that's probably something that, that you're gonna want to do against a team like Goffstown that, that wants to play fast, that yep. wants to, you know, like you said, sometimes throw the ball, but I think this year they're more looking more at you know, at their ground game. Yeah, uh, they've got a very good ground game yeah, yeah, this year. You know, you look at that that side of the of Division One too, and it's it's shaping up to be real interesting. Of course, you know, like we said, Gosstown and Winnetka are at the top at four and zero, and then you've got Bedford and Central at three and one each in the right now in the last two playoff spots. But then you have Exeter, Portsmouth, and Dover all at two and two. You know, certainly none of those teams are out of it yet. Of course, yep. they've they've got to you
1: know pick yep. up a few wins. And uh, I don't think Exeter's played Portsmouth or Dover yet.
0: Ports. Um, have they? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think um, they have. So so those, yeah, so with those comes still coming up down the stretch, yep. those are big games. Um, Central still has to play Bedford and still has to play Goffstown, uh, and Goffstown still has to play Bedford. That's actually coming up next Saturday, the uh, 7th. Yeah. Um, so still a lot of big games left to go. Um, really, though, is, is getting interesting. And, and interesting, too, on the other side, I'm sure if things continue to hold the way they are, you're going to hear some people, you know, getting upset about the uh, the breakdown of the division and how who makes the playoffs. Because right yep. now you've got, you know, four teams in the South Conference that have are the four teams with the best record. Um, but as of right now, Merrimack would be on the outside looking in because the winner from the West Conference is guaranteed a playoff spot, which right now Nashua South is South. at 2-2 two and two, yep. um, after that 0-2 start. Um you know, would be that team that wins the, the conference.
1: Yeah. And if South is as high quality as we believe them to be at the beginning of the year, and again, you look at their losses to Salem and Pinkerton out of the gate, well, Salem and Pinkerton are are, are uh, Look like two of them, yeah. They're yeah. also in that same bracket as a it, I would say. right, and, and So, you know, what, you, what you're now looking at is if they're as good as we think they are, they could run the table with right, what they have right. left. Um, they may not. They've still got some really good teams on their schedule, but they could, conceivably. Their next three games, I believe, I,
0: uh, are against teams that are a combined, I think two and ten yeah uh, at this point. And so and they've gotten healthy. Right. My understanding was they were a little banged up at the beginning of the right. season, so that's in their favor. So And the big you know, they're another you know, another team like similar to Goffstown that runs that spread offense, but they want to get out and run the football and yeah. they've been able to do that. A lot. I think that's the other thing too. Is it took them a couple weeks um, to kind of figure out what kind of team they were going to be because last, you know, yeah, last year, and I I thought this, you know, early on in that game against Salem, watching them last year, they had pretty much the same skill set there, in, uh, you know, uh, Downing and and Olson and uh, Amigo, Sean Holland at quarterback the biggest difference for them though was that they had a tight end in max osgood that could get down the field there was a big guy that they could throw the ball up to yeah they don't have that this year which i think early on kind of slowed them the offense yep. down because they didn't have but what they do have this year is a big running back yeah in jalen pacheco who is really starting to put it together had a great game last week against north or went over 100 yards two touchdowns uh and they figured out how to get those smaller outside guys, the ball, coming across on sweeps and whatever you want to call them.
1: Well, and Amigo has been so good for them the last couple weeks in terms of just being an explosive playmaker that I think Holland has gotten some confidence in that, you know, that opens up the things for the running game even more because with the spread, if you've got to now get out there and really respect a kid like Amigo where you might have to double him or bracket him in a certain way, well, that's one less guy that's going to be dedicated to taking away holland and i forget that w- what did you say the running backs uh, pacheco. pacheco pacheco right pacheco, yeah. pacheco's um, taken that away in their run game that they have i mean it's it's difficult to defend when you get that rolling so it should be fun to see them uh y- you know if they recover from that 0 and two start contrary to the article that you wrote a couple weeks ago <laughs> where it was like generally <laughs> it's, it's not a good not thing, a good thing to do. no, <laughs> right. you don't want to you don't want
0: to start 0 and two and, and and try to work your way back but you know, it just it, its shaping up to be one of those years where I think their conference is just a little bit down. Um, you know, it yeah. happened a couple of years ago when Alvern and BG and South all tied for that first place spot at, you know, four and five. Yeah. Um, it, it just happens to be that kind of year. Although, I, you know, I wouldn't count North out at this point. You know, I, I know they struggled to move the ball against South um, last Friday. They have some talent on that team. Yes. Um, r.j jenkins he didn't really get it going against south but he is a one of the top backs i think in the in the division absolutely Um, speed you know i mean just track speed they've got a receiver in in austin oulette who you know he i'm i i can't still can't believe i actually saw what happened you know i you you never maybe you read about 99 yard plays but you don't i mean it's set up perfectly i remember thinking to myself as when south didn't get i was like oh wouldn't that be nuts if north you know gets a 99 yard touchdown here and it was the very first play was yeah um you know mike loveless seems to be a quarterback that that he's you know he's not afraid to to you know throw the ball in different places yeah um he's just going to continue to get better
1: i think as he gets more experience i mean that was his fourth varsity start yeah at quarterback um And that's a defining game this weekend, too, uh, is Merrimack North. Right, yeah. It really is because, um, you know, Merrimack has a great record right now, but uh, some of that comes against teams that haven't fared so well at the first half of the season. Um, And similarly, you know, North um, has played a tough schedule and they've beaten some teams. They had a tough loss to Londonderry. Right. Um, And and so that's going to be a really good matchup. I know, uh, you know, Coach Jackson said in the media somewhere last week you know somebody had asked him hey heard you're banged up you know how does how does that factor into what you guys are doing he said getting banged up is no excuse um but but you know that can be tough if merrimack's not at full strength and north is starting to again catch their identity and, and understand who they are and how to utilize their players um uh, that's going to be a good game too. We talked a lot about some of these other these other games, but the yeah. Merrimack North yeah. game could be a really defining one for either of those programs. Kind of right a now. sneaky good game. Yeah. 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 yeah a lot of um, a lot of
0: games this week between teams at the top and teams at teams at the bottom. I mean, Salem um, Salem is hosting Alvern. Yep. Pinkerton's hosting BG, which got its first win on uh, on a special Monday night yeah. football game last uh, Monday night. Yep. Congratulations to BG. Yeah. Um, you know, South has Timberlane. At home, uh, so it's kind of a not a lot of those. Th- the bigger matchups sort of look
1: like they're on the other side of the division yeah. this week. Timberlane struggled since losing that uh, the, their uh, tailback, Jacob back. Post. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's tough. They've they've had such a run with a plus tailbacks in that offense, yeah, and yeah. when you lose that guy, that that next guy before the season even begins, it's like oh, that's that's painful for an offense like that. Uh
0: so looking at the um looking at the division as a whole, you know, we're going into like we said week 5, so we're kind of at the midpoint. You know, has there been any big change in your mind as to who the favorite is or or is there a favorite or or you know, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, when kind of in Goffstown kind of moved up the ladder a little bit, uh, for me I I'm still looking at Salem though is that the team that's I felt very strongly that they were the team to beat going into the year. And I, I mean, I haven't really seen anything yeah. to change that. And I think a big part of that is Josh Sabanda yeah. who didn't play last week. Um, I don't know if that was, I know he got hurt at the end of the game. Yeah. He game. got banged up at Pinkerton. Uh, I don't know if it was just more of a precaution. Didn't want to play him against Timberlane or what. Yeah. Um, obviously he's in the game. He makes a huge difference for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, it's hard for me right now. So you get the you get the what you've seen, and that it's hard to argue against that, right? You've seen what Salem can do, not just with Sabanda, but with that whole, that their defense and that whole group of offensive players that's really good for them. I, but it's hard for me to look at what Winnick done over the last two weeks and say that you can't count them in that conversation. Right. Oh yeah. Um, and and that's why I think the Winnick Goffstown game is so big because Goffstown has, I don't think. Has quite equaled that in terms of the wins that they've got under their belt, but yep. beating Exeter is no small thing, right? Um, and the, and they are four and zero, so I'd put one at as right now, my favorite. Although again, based on what my eyes have seen, it's hard not to talk about Salem or even Pinkerton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you look at what um, um, I think it was Ty Hicks had almost three hundred uh, yards yeah, rushing. Huge this game this last week. week. Yeah. I mean, just just yeah. speed. He reminds me a lot of Josh. Yeah. Uh, same type of runner, just speed, cutback ability, vision. Um, I think he's only a junior, though. So I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I, I can't yeah. remember. But um, So that was kind of a non-answer because I think <laughs> I mentioned like four teams Weird. there. But I, I think I'd go with Winnikunit at it this point just based on what they've done recently. You know, it's kind of the what have you done for me lately. <laughs> w- a lot You lately. know,
0: I feel like this is a y- shaping up to be a year that's just a really tough to, to see. There's – sure, there are teams that are, are behind the pack, you know, that are probably going to go – one win winless teams uh, you know but i think this is a year where the the top the upper echelon of the teams there's not much separating them yeah uh, very competitive and especially in division division one and division two yeah uh, well when you look
1: at teams that we haven't talked a lot about like manchester central manchester central could beat any one of those teams if given the opportunity i mean think if they, they have to th- make a few stops yeah uh, i was gonna uh, say i think <laughs> you know, though, they yeah. they've got a maybe yeah the defensively they've struggled a little bit but they've found a way to pull out wins they've in these and they in put these up a ton, ton of situations it seems right like, yeah. so you know one of those could be a surprise game and and you know you could see a central beating a Goffstown or something like that. they haven't they haven't played yet no they no? haven't played so they,
0: they play i think maybe third to last week yeah week 7 um you know m- looking at division 2 you know the same kind of thing i think where you know there's not uh, not much difference between you know, those teams at the top, with the exception, I'm going to throw out there, of maybe Plymouth, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, they had that rematch with Bo um, last really weekend, and just, themselves, yeah, they? I, yeah. I, I really think, you know, someone asked me the other day, was it's Plymouth and Wyndham, right, I'm like, well, I'm not sure, I mean, yeah. I know Plymouth is is that good, I, Wyndham is good, I just, I you know, I, we'll find out a lot this week yeah. because they're going out to St. Thomas, Thomas to play a very good St. Thomas team. Yeah, who you know, the last two weeks they both of those teams actually have h- handed um, Sauhegan pretty close yeah. tough losses.
1: Um, played yeah. them both pretty close, and yeah, I think the Sauhegan Wyndham game was the closest that Wyndham has been played this year. Uh, I think that's the most right, challenge yeah. they've had. Yeah. It was a ten point game, and it. it, it uh, um and, and it was pretty back and forth, I think, in the beginning. Um, and and Saint Thomas, um, other than other than maybe Sauhegan, hasn't really um, seen a challenge much either. They, so yeah,
0: they've had some pretty lopsided games, yeah. um, but put up a lot of points. Yeah, um, in most, in at least two of those games. Uh, and and I th- I think that's going to be another game that tells us kind of, you know, who you see as the team to beat, you know, out of that that South Conference, because of course North gets. One of the top two seeds The South gets The other top seed Yeah um, The winner of each conference One, two Yeah um, You know And then it gets Put together based on rating Beyond that Yeah
1: yeah, and the, and, and the Wyndham-St. Thomas game will be interesting because, again, we've talked in weeks past about how fun those contrast and styles type right, games are. Yeah. Not only do you see the offensive contrast and styles between St. Thomas running sort of a high-tempo spread and, and Wyndham is very run-oriented. They, they do a ton of interesting stuff in the run game, but they're going to run the ball. And, um, and, but also, I think it's the difference is St. Thomas is very much, and it's not exclusively, but it's very much the Bouchard show,
0: that kid is, yeah.
1: is, is a tremendous athlete. At Wyndham, um, it's, it's really a committee sort of approach from what I've seen right. They, they've got a lot of very good players and they and they do a good job of getting the ball to those guys, letting them all contribute in different ways. So that'll be a fun contrast in Styles game. You
0: know And then you've got two other teams in Division two that are, are also 4 and0 that um, maybe a bit of a surprise. Hanover of course was 4 and0 last year. Yeah, you know, I don't know how many people had them going four and outside of Hanover, you know, again this season. But they're they're right up there again. And then you've got Conval, yeah, off to its first four and start in program history. Yeah, they've got a bye this week and then have a huge game coming up next Friday, uh, October sixth, at. Uh, Conval against Hollis, Hollis Brookline. Brookline, yeah, which Ooh. has been a
1: great game the last few last, years.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's turned into a bit of a, a rivalry yeah. game, I think there, um, and if, and of course Hollis has you know had a huge game last week from their backup quarterback, uh, Sander. Is it Wimmer? Weimer? S- I can never Sander remember. Wimmer, I think. Yeah. yeah, five touchdown passes
1: in that win. I go over Merrimack Valley. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he's yeah. starting to find his stride in that offense, which the rest of that offense was going to be very potent. Thinking about Joey Delaney at the helm. <laughs> well, Donnie well, Delaney is not at the helm anymore. It seems like Sander has stepped up and played well, um, which could turn into an interesting situation because no one will
0: confirm nor deny that he's out for the rest of the year. <laughs> uh, That's Coach so uh, yeah, Coach yeah.
1: Coach Chris Loans being a little right. bit of a Coach Belichick there, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Conval, I, I want I do want to talk a little bit about Conval oh, because yeah, the job course. that they have done, those players and that coaching staff, in replacing. The talent that they lost last year, and even adapting what they do a little bit, right? They lost, um, was it Isaac Bacon? Isaac Bacon, and and, and the other kid uh, whose name uh, always escapes me. He was the kid who broke the record for receptions, I think. And so I don't know why I can't remember his name, but uh, I did a story uh, on him last yeah, year. Another I one of those it. tall, uh, no, I, yeah, uh, speedy um, receivers that they had on the outside. So they graduate those guys. They keep Spezaferi, and they have liam baldwin liam That's baldwin thank, thank you, you. Yeah. yeah i knew it was in there somewhere yeah <laughs> two two great receivers that they they have they have kind of changed their mix on offense so that it's not all uh as much kind of long ball out jump the db uh, and then mix in a little run game and a little screen game i mean now I, I think they're a little bit more balanced it sounds like their running game has really been rolling lately um they're I would say a very dangerous, you, you know, we use the term deceptive. They're a very dangerous 4-0 because of the way they're playing right now. And their defense has been great. So hats off to them. What a great evolution, especially replacing key players like that.
0: I will say the one knock maybe against them that they'll probably hear most of the season is this their schedule. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, they've got the, the win over Milford to open the season. Mm-hmm. You know, when a quality over, win. Win over Hollis Brookline would be a big one too, especially if, you know, they continue to win. Um, well, I think we'll really, really know what Convel has those last two weeks of the season when they play St. Thomas, Thomas and, and Wyndham. Wyndham and yep. back-to-back weeks. Yep. Uh, and you hate to say that about a team that, you know, could potentially be, you know, 6-0 and going yep. into the last two games of the
1: season. It's like, oh, well, we don't know about them yet. Yeah. Uh, but could end up being the case. Yeah. Um, it's similar to Hollis. Hollis has um, a couple of really hard games, and the rest of their schedule isn't as is challenging. It's fairly light, so yeah. yeah. Um, but, hey, you know, that's the way the dice get rolled, and... You, you play as tough as you can, you play with what you've got and uh, and hopefully what it means is Conval will be fresh and loaded to go for those last two games and it'll, it'll be it'll be a heck of a battle.
0: Uh, quickly too. another big one coming up this weekend, um, Milford at Sauhegan. Yeah of course there are two teams that are on the outside right now, but two teams that we kind of expected to be you know in the hunt for a playoff spot and potentially we're looking at maybe the, the team that loses this game is in a lot of trouble. Milford would be at two and three with a loss. Sauhegan so will be at one and three with a loss. Yeah, when in, in an eight-game season, I got to imagine it's going to be pretty tough for anybody with three losses to get into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's a massive. G- so first of all, we talked about the <laughs> rivalries last week. Um, this is a great rivalry game. To having been a part of it um, for the years that I was at Sauhegan, a lot of fun. It's the Hope for Gus game at Sauhegan, which always draws a huge crowd and a ton of energy. Um, but what you said is exactly right like if you look at f- from milford's perspective not only do they have Sauhegan this week but they still have saint thomas right. and plymouth yeah they might have the toughest second half schedule i, I mean that's brutal so yeah. milford's got to be looking at this with some some uh almost some quiet as a must desperation a must win, right um, yeah
0: you know or as close to a must win yeah as possible
1: whereas then you look at Sauhegan. Certainly, they're not looking at this as anything other than a must-win, either. But if you look at Sauhegan's stretch over the next three games, they have West, um, Sanborn, and Hillsborough Mm -hmm. Deering, which which are three programs that have struggled a little bit in the first half. Yeah. So you could, the way that Sauhegan has played, you could conceive that Sauhegan could could, if if they were to lose to Milford, could still rip off three wins there, and then you've got Hollis Brookline in the last week of the season and. You know, depending on how how Hollis does with their depth and some of those things, that could be a huge game. Yeah, bo- that's a that's a huge game this weekend. It's a it's a it's a great rivalry, and it's uh, it's going to mean a lot to both of those programs. So it's exciting.
0: Yeah, there's a uh, big game on the schedule this week, uh, at least on paper in Division Three. Uh, but based on what we saw as far as scores from from last week, uh, of course it's Bishop Brady at Campbell uh, mm. Saturday night. They're getting the rent in the lights over there in Litchfield, bringing those in. Um, but if you look at you know you look at what Campbell's done this year to teams, I think they they finally gave up points last week. Yeah, uh, gave up nine points to Epping Newmarket. Yeah, uh, they scored sixty one though. <laughs> I saw. So that.
1: that's yeah, that's over they, they sixty made up for it. over sixty the last two weeks. They're now four and zero. Yeah, um, they just coach Gush had said. And then, in, in I can't remember whether it was your article or one of the art other articles that I had read, um, but he had said something like, "Hey, you know what? I'm actually kind of glad we got scored on. We needed to sort of get that monkey off our back and just play football and not learn worry what about it's like, it.
0: learn how to face some adversity yeah. where <laughs> you're not you're not <laughs> shutting out teams all the time." C- come on, coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I don't know how much of a, a concern this is because, of course, Division Three has the bye week across mm-hmm. uh, the division that first week of October whereas the next game on the schedule is a big one for Campbell at yeah. Summersworth also undefeated but it's not for two more weeks right. so it's maybe you're not looking past this the
1: Bishop Brady no. uh game here but and it's good too because it's an even field where everybody gets the same buy so it's not like Campbell has the extra time to prepare for Summersworth but Summersworth only has the week I mean so so yeah that that should be a, that should be interesting
0: you know Summersworth has uh, Franklin at home this week yep. which Franklin is, I think, in or close to or tied for one of those last playoff spots at two and two. Yep. Kind of see how that goes, but Summersworth has been really bringing it to teams this year too. And that, like we said, October thirteenth, uh, Campbell at Summersworth is going to be maybe the game of the year in Division Three, at least in the South Conference. Yeah, um,
1: yeah I w- think what you would question there would be Campbell's defense versus Summersworth's defense. It looks, I, I mean, as we've been laughing about, Campbell's defense has been lights out. Summersworth has, dear God forbid, given up eight points here and there or what have you. <laughs> right, right. Uh,
0: and then you look at um, on in the north. I guess the big game for the weekend is probably that. Well, uh, two of them: um, Manadnock at Interlakes, Moltenboro. Yep. And then Kearsarge hosting Stevens. Yep. Uh, Manadnock. You know, we're talking about defense. Um, like we said before, they gave up those eight points against Newfound early on in early week in one the
1: game. Yeah. And haven't allowed anything since. Yeah, they've been bludgeoning. Uh, people and, and you know, not a um, not a not a stretch of extremely challenging opponents, given records and things. But uh, but they'll they'll get a good challenge from Interlakes. Um, y- you know, I I know that Campbell kind of went out there a couple weeks ago and sort of took it to them. But I still think Interlakes is a pretty quality team. Hopefully they've they've righted the ship and recovered a little bit. But Manadnock, very high quality program. Um, th- they're gonna bully you. And they're going to impose their will on you. And that's tough to defend if you don't have your chin strap buckled up.
0: You know, this one, a, uh, a big one for Stevens, too, going to Kearsarge, uh, the defending champs. Um, you know, they're at 2-2 two and two in the division. And they've got a pretty tough stretch the rest of the way. With of course, that game this week at Kearsarge was 3-1 and one, uh, the bye week. And then they come back and host mm-hmm. interlakes Yeah. at Fall Mountain the following week. But then they finish off the season at home against Monadnock. Yeah. So those... Three out of four of those games
1: are, are against teams that they're looking up at and the standings. Yep. And at two and two, almost kind of like the discussion we had about Milford and Sauhegan. Yeah. Stevens is almost in a, a must-win, given the strength of the remaining schedule. They've got to feel some pressure about, hey, every week it's it's a it's a one-week season. A, and a
0: big twist to Division Three this year, um, you know, they they s- realigned those playoffs to make them more like Division Two, where it's no longer top four and top four from each conference it's top two teams get the number one and two seeds from each conference and, and then it's the else. next six best teams yep so uh, you know in years past you've had teams that have finished four and four at fourth place in a conference get in i don't think it's going to be it the case again this year no yep. no yeah it makes it a lot more fun it really does well you know what, I think we've uh, we've actually hit the end of our, our time here again. All uh, right. It just, like, the season, it just kind of flies by. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we're at midpoint. It,
0: it Every year, I think, it, it it's always the same thing. You know, like we get to this time, and it's like, how the hell did we how already did we get, get, to get here?
1: Yeah. end of September? Uh, it was no difference as a coach. You'd be like, well, we're
0: halfway done. I mean, holy God. <laughs> yep. well, this is the point where I start to go wait a minute i wanted to do this story and this story <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. then try Didn't to start cram- cramming them in you know yep. before the end of october uh so we'll have a couple games covered this weekend uh, as we talked about big one out in amherst between milford and Souhegan on friday night plus the nashua north at merrimack football game we'll have that covered friday and then a uh, bigger d- big day of coverage on saturday uh gothstown at winneconnet uh, like I said, at two o'clock, and then a couple of night games: Bishop Brady at Campbell, which is a seven o'clock kickoff. They're renting lights for the uh the weekend out there in Litchfield, and then the big one up in Bedford, Exeter at Bedford. That's a six thirty kickoff. Yep. Any final thoughts for for it's, the week? It's gonna or? be tough to figure
1: out where to go. <laughs> I mean that genuinely. Yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, there's so much interesting stuff going on that I don't know what I'm gonna do. I might have to be contrarian and try to go somewhere where maybe where nobody is yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'm sure people will appreciate that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well uh, mike
0: thanks once again for uh, joining me uh, we'll uh, check in again with you next week absolutely uh, so for mike lockman i am joe margelina thanks again for listening